0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Cloud Wars Live, the podcast that explores the digital revolution and the extraordinary changes it is bringing to our professional lives and our personal lives, certainly. We're delighted to have with us today one of our digital all-stars, Pat Fitzgerald, who's the co-founder of CareerAv, a recruiting firm, and somebody who has been in the, uh, you know, the HR recruiting business for a long time, really understands everything about talent, Bringing people in, where you find great people,
1: build the right sort of culture, and let them go. Patrick, welcome. Good to see you. Thank you, Bob. Great to be with you again, and happy New Year for you and all of our uh, our listeners on these podcasts. And I really appreciate you uh, you inviting me into these podcasts. Thanks, Bob.
0: Always, Pat. Thank you. Uh, happy New Year to you. It uh, things are off to a real good start here. And uh, as I, I mentioned, Pat, I've got a babysitting job with the granddaughters coming up this weekend, so <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm I'm trying to, you know, get my mind right for that. Just me solo and them for about sixty hours and it it should be
1: wonderful. You'll do fine. They'll just <laughs> absolutely love you at that point. And you you get to rev them up and hand them back to mom when she comes back. I think that sounds like a good plan.
0: Pat, I do have your mobile number there for emergencies. So, you know, <laughs> please be on call.
1: That'll be great. Thanks, Bob.
0: <laughs> hey, Pat, you know, the um uh, like we always talk about, you know, the, the world is zooming along, different uh, changes, trends, upheavals. We see this from technology, from AI, this and that, but you deal in the very uh, real world of people and brains and talent and personalities and ideas. And, the, you know, we hear uh, CEOs in every field talk about, you know, that uh, talent is, you know, the, the hunt for talent is one of our biggest issues. But, Pat, there's a lot of big winds of big change blowing through this. You've been doing this so successfully, so well, helped out so many organizations and individuals for a long time. There's some big things coming up here that you wanted to be sure to get into here early in 2024. So let me turn it over to you. You set the stage here, and we'll have a little chat about some of these big things.
1: Thanks, Bob. Yeah, it's it's really interesting, and and you mentioned it. It's uh, over the last, let's say, three years, COVID, pre-COVID. Things have been changing. Right. And actually, even before covid, you know, talent acquisition has evolved. Um, I want to talk about talent attraction because it's a lost art. I believe today it's a lost art because of this evolution to social recruiting. But I also want to talk about some of the functional impacts that's had on talent attraction. Uh, and, and particularly DE&I, you know, and the impact. Now, I know de is a very controversial topic today. There's a lot of shift going back, which is wonderful to see. But I think the piece that I want to summarize is de as the single point focus for so many companies over the last three plus years has been a failure. Mm-hmm. Diversity, we both know, you and I have been around and worked together, you know, at a, at a couple of companies, and we know diversity is a critical and essential component of hiring the right leadership talent, right? And so we're we, we're not saying DEI in itself, you know, diversity itself is wrong. It's a critical part of the three main topics, but the single focus on DEI, and this is the piece that I want to talk about, has relegated talent acquisition over the last four, maybe even five years, but with a heavy focus over the last three years, has relegated talent acquisition to only an operations function,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? Post mm-hmm. and pray, post it and, you know, hand it over to the internal recruiters. But ultimately, talent acquisition has become more of talent recruiting operations, has become more of a recruiting and, and, a, and a reporting function oh. around statistics, around diversity. I even have a client that actually enacted a policy, I won't mention who, and a client that enacted a policy that says, at the executive level, we won't allow you to arrange an interview unless you have four candidates and two of them have to be diversity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you have the best talent for that role, that person will likely go somewhere else in the interim period of time. So again, I don't want us to ever talk about the fact that Diversity is an important. Diversity is absolutely a critical function, yep. and it's yep. one of the top three components that we both agree, and we all know, and anyone that certainly has heard this before, it's it's you know it's culture, it's culture fit first, right? And culture is by design. A lot of companies we talked about it a few you know yeah. sessions ago. Many companies are, are doing it by happenstance, but culture should be by design. And yeah. so, if you're going to scale and you're going to grow the business. The people that you're hiring should fit into the culture that you've designed. And yeah. it's evolving because of, of diversity. So culture first. Talent is the second part, which is to me a priority, which is they have to do the job. Yeah, They have to have the skills. They have to have the intellect, the EQ, the IQ to be able to do the job. And depending upon what your expectation is, they should also have the scale component. Mm-hmm. And then thirdly is diversity and diversity and and Bill McDermott, Rob Enslin and the wonderful executives that you and I have worked with over the years have built you know have done this way back before it was popular diversity of thought, diversity of experience, you know, diversity of geographies have all been essential in that three top components. But yeah. if you if you use the top 3 altogether, together, your hiring practices will certainly be far better and more importantly, your retention and your growth will be exponential. And I think that's an important part. Retention is something we don't talk about. So I want to summarize something that we talked about before, Bob, which is I think diversity is a critical component. You and I have always talked about that. But I've always suggested to my clients, if you really want, I mean, yeah, if you get into the marketplace and hire a key executive that happens to fit the culture and fit the scale skills and fit the talent skills, and they happen to be diversity, great. You know, that's wonderful. But if you can't, Oh, better yet, even if you can, you sh- you should focus on diversity at the bottom up, not the top down. If really? you really want to change the diversity of your company, you need to start with early talent, university recruiting. You can add required priorities, 50% diversity candidates in the interview cycle. You can add that and you'll, you'll build that scale up. Uh, there's a statistic that I want to share because I think early talent is also being treated, I don't know, I, I I don't know if I have the right word, the right adjective, but not treated fairly. Mm-hmm. I think since COVID, we've had a major push in and and uh, flexible work, right, yes. offsite work. And a statistic I read today, and it says flexibility versus upward mobility. In 2023, remote workers received promotions 31% less frequently than their in-office counterparts and and the statistic comes from per live data technology study that speaks volumes 31% pat yeah speaks volumes and you and i you know we we had the old school even in recruiting when i first started the bullpen you know everyone loved and hated the bullpen and you know the in the office i think the the worst thing you can do to an early talent or a young growth professional is isolate them mm-hmm. they're not going to learn anything they, yeah. they I think the best way you and I learned in our early days was by sitting in the office or working. So, you know, side by side with our peers and managers, you know, that we learned from their success. We learned from their, you know, their skills. We learned from their attitude. We learned from their, you know, political prowess, you know, how to manage things yeah. in the office. And we also learned from their failures. Yeah. And I, I worry that the early talent today, you know, is. Is and it isn't their fault. it's no one's fault it's but I think we need to see a better you know activity of bringing them back in the office so that that distance learning thing isn't the only way that they're growing. Yeah so that all that said, that kind of sets us up for the topic I want to talk about today.
0: Well Pat, you know the uh, the, the couple of the points you made too I I, I think you're right that critics of Dei, are not critics of diversity but it is this sort of all-in-one package like remember over this last you know handful of years too oh and whatever the alphabet number is i don't know but you got to get more gen z or millennials or gen i don't know what the right one is but very young people of course you do absolutely it got to be the point where you know like well how can we funnel out more of these you know seasoned people we have here to make more room for young people because they know everything. Well, they don't, nobody knows everything. And and what, but it got out of whack. And I think in the same way, when that, uh, that trend that had gone on for a few years, and I'm, I'm happy to see that it is being brought back into its proper place, its proper context, where it can be as effective as possible, not this uh, blinded thing. And Pat, you put it so well that every leader in a business says, you know, there's a war for talent going on. We got to bring in better people. We got to bring in great people. We have to be a place everybody wants to come to. But if your talent function is so focused on just checking boxes, checking numbers, you know, this or that, they've lost sight of the bigger good, which I think you have always had such a fix on. And the, the pace at which business moves today And that what is going to differentiate you from your competitors, um, that is not going to happen, you know, through buying more technology. It's through, you know, brilliant leadership, brilliant vision, great culture, great people.
1: Yep. And, And we both know that in today's marketplace, you know, with the economy the way it is it's a, you know, I don't want to be political. It is an election year. So we assume, and I, I talked to a lot of the CEOs and, you know, CROs that, you know, that I know well, and they're all optimistic right now, second half of the year, but they're also optimistic about AI. And mm-hmm. I think the combination of, you know, whatever will happen from an econ you know, from an economy standpoint, cost of money impact, you know, private equity firms, frankly, getting restabilized and what have you, I, I think we're going to see a, a growth opportunity. And I think, that kind of brings me to the topic around timing. What I want to talk about today is talent attraction versus talent acquisition. Now, okay. Again, and I, I don't mean this to say 100%, but the bulk of my friends that I know in talent acquisition, leadership, have been relegated to reporting and DEI functions. We need to get back to looking into the marketplace. Competitive intelligence, market intelligence, the, 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 you know, the elevating the recruiter or bringing in the recruiting firm that actually goes at it from not a social recruiting post and pray role, uh-huh. but actually goes at it from a, you know, I'm going to go into the market and I'm going to look at my network and I'm going to look at the comp- you know the competition and see who the best players are mm-hmm. and see if we can attract some of them. Old school recruiting yeah getting on the phone talking to them get you know if they don't answer call the wife you know talk to the players and and actually get to know them most people in the old days as you and when you and I worked together in the old days most people we hired at the executive level weren't looking and that was the player we wanted yeah now, I don't mean that the people, you know, being impacted by layoffs and, and and reductions and what have you aren't great. And there's an awful lot of wonderful talent. I'm doing a lot of coaching right now for a lot of my friends right now that have been affected by it, who are hugely talented people, you know, that need to certainly, you know, recognize that they'll find the right opportunity. But in the old days, we would mix the the talent pool with those players that we can that were active. Mm -hmm. versus and and those players that weren't active that Mm -hmm. we could convince that you know that we knew you know we could show them that there was a better opportunity and and i'm going to go back into the old school when i called bob evans when bob was you know gamefully employed and not looking at a job one of the things that i would do is i would look at the company and i would look at your boss and if your boss was younger and they were you know they were an upward mobile player but You know, they weren't getting a promo. All those competitive, intelligent dynamics around you, that candidate, you know, were relevant because I could say to Bob, hey, Bob, do you really see growth? Uh Do you expect that in the next 12 months, you're going to really see that opportunity for the company to value you to the next level? If not, we might have a better opportunity. And that gets you thinking that, yeah, I'm not looking but it might actually be the right time for me uh-huh. to look at very special types of opportunities. huh. All right, so I want to step back a little bit. What I'm suggesting, and I think it has a, a hugely relevant impact in the marketplace today, we're in effectively still a soft or a down market. This is the time, and we've done it before, so this is something I have a lot of history in and a lot of experience. This is the time where good companies, be it mid-tier or large companies, doesn't matter, should be in the marketplace looking at top talent. Now, they need a recruiter that's actually a hunter, that's out there, that knows the marketplace, that knows market intelligence, that knows the competition, and that actually can look at the best and brightest at different levels within their competitors. And be able to say to those candidates, those, those prospects, because they're not candidates, they're prospects. Oh. Hey, I know, you know, you're happy, you're you you got a great reputation in the marketplace, but I think you might be benefit, I think you might benefit from us having an exploratory with our CEO or our CRO, depending upon level. Have breakfast with them. We're not expecting that there's anything that comes out of it, but when the market shifts. I'd love me as the internal recruiter or me as the agency for your company I'd love to be able to have my my client my CEO my COO my CRO have you in mind as they look at scale for 25 or they look at scale for 24 so I think it's important for us to actually you know start to expand your your knowledge of the marketplace you should meet my CEO yeah you know and we used to do that all the time if you remember we did that a lot and in the early days when we were in those down markets 0308 when the down markets were there, we were absolutely out in the marketplace talking to top talent and bringing them through for exploratories. you know our CEO is going to be in Dallas you know can you know your town can can I yeah. arrange a breakfast right those are the sort of exploratory. I'm going to do, Bob, I I don't do this and I've never done this with you, but I want to do a little bit of (laughs) self-promotion. This is a consultancy that we do at Career that my team and I do. We are doing it with a couple of clients right now where we're showing them that, you know, stop giving me the executive recruiter openings to fill. Right. I'll still fill them if you have critical openings, but let's stop and look at the marketplace and, and look at talent that might fit that opening, but might even be bigger or might be broader or mm-hmm. might have skills that can scale it. Let's look at these openings or better yet, let's look at the lines of business and or the the you know the acquisitions you might be planning to make this year and start to plan for leaders that will fit into those roles mm-hmm. on scale.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm
1: culture fit and scale. And that's a consultancy that we call exploratories. And I think it's important for us to look at that in the market today. Yeah, Pat,
0: I I just wanna uh, quickly say here, so from an outsider, not someone in your profession, but this seems to me to match perfectly what's going on in the business world today, which is, right, you could sit around and say, well, you know, we've done marketing campaigns the last few years and people know who we are. Our customers love us we're okay. We don't want to spend, you know, money out there trying to dig up or something like that. Just sort of sitting pat in what is really a go-getter's market. and same with talent, right? If if the only time we are going to go look for talent is when somebody leaves the organization, wow, that just seems
1: uh out yes. of phase with how business runs today. It's reactive and it's been reactive and it will always be a percentage of reactive. I'm uh-huh. strongly suggesting that you take Ten percent of it, and make it proactive, uh-huh. or twenty percent. At, at the peak during a couple of client, or when I was in house doing executive recruiting, at one, I think for several years during those those off years, probably twenty percent of our senior executives that we hired were through exploratories. Twenty percent, okay. Yeah. And we, and you know, and over the years that I did that, maybe it was one year was five percent or ten percent, but then in the peak in those down years when we really got aggressive, and what we did was. We brought him in knowing that we had these lines of business or these growth initiatives that we needed to focus on for next year or for this year and we we looked at talent within that marketplace but but had you know huge reputations and were bigger than the role always bigger than the role right scale even if it was a, a you know an early level executive versus a you know c-suite executive it doesn't yeah. matter so you, you know you over hire to scale but that person has to be able to fit the scale dynamics for that new growth initiative and it worked out very well. And today, 30 odds, 30 plus of those executives we brought in are CEOs today uh-huh. because of the scale opportunities. But what we did, what we did was we didn't make it heavy-handed. We made it just this is an introduction. Mm-hmm. Meet my CEO. Meet my CRO. And yeah. what happened was is then my CEO or my CRO, my client at that point would say. Wow, I really like Bob. Mm-hmm. I don't have a job for Bob, but I but I need this role for next year, so I'm going to create a role. And this is where it gets challenging for a lot of companies that are so singularly focused on, you know, on operations or HR operations that you know, you look at the budget. In the end, your your growth initiatives and your revenue initiatives are going to, you know, are going to exponentially scale faster than by just filling jobs. Yeah. So you over hire or you, or you hire in anticipation of a key, you know, a key component of that role needing, and that person actually you know, scales. And here's the interesting part. This is the part that I always marveled at, and was we did a, we consult today, and we did an excellent job around looking at the strengths and weaknesses of those hires, creating individualized training programs, personalized, For those executives, whether it be an early level executive or a senior level Mm -hmm. and retention, Bob, for those talents, for those leaderships, talents was massive. Uh, The ones not looking, but now, right. right. They weren't looking. We hired them, but we created programs and we and we we put them in roles that that they would scale that, you know, that they would be able to scale the role. Yeah the retention of that new hire because they weren't looking and we convinced them that this was the right opportunity was huge. Yeah. Yeah. And they stayed and they grew and they moved around and they were became invaluable within those companies. And then ultimately, you know, they got attracted away by private equity. And that's where now 30 plus of them are, you know, have been or currently our CEOs. But that
0: that requires, you know, Pat, as you've been describing, seize the initiative, take the action, get out there, you know, shake some cages, rattle some uh, things and and get to these people that are saying, oh, I'm not really looking. Okay, I know you're not looking, but would you consider a discussion? Have and, breakfast. Pat, I think that, you know, the uh, and again, something you and I have talked about before, and it just you know to me it's fingernails down a blackboard when companies talk about hr as a back office function right and in a exactly. similar way it's like well you know why should we go on we don't have any openings so it's like
1: oh right right well we only have this opening and i want a person that fits that opening, versus being <laughs> bold knowing again this is where you know tom siebel said it 100 years ago when i worked for him which was, you know, he said he had eyes that could, that could, you know, vision that could turn around the corner. You could see the future. Uh-huh. You know, that's uh-huh. where boldness, you know, has to be part of the leadership and the HR leadership of the company so that they're not stuck in the box. Of, and don't misunderstand me. There's always an essential need, and I'm not faulting it, to sure. fill a role and make sure you hire the right person. But be bold and start to think about if the market is going to grow and the, you know, and we're going to see a, A new growth initiative into you know the future several the next couple of years why not anticipate and plan for it and over hire or better yet hire people that are outside of the box or bigger than the box or broader than the box because they bring different industries and that's where diversity comes in when we interestingly enough bob one of the things and i don't have the statistics on it but one of the things that was interesting is you know most of most of the activity that we did was around software But we looked at company people coming from hardware companies or from even manufacturing companies. But they had that innate personality, that that drive, that, you know, that that intellect. And and we took a risk and we put them in roles that, you know, they knew the industry, but they didn't know the technology or vice versa. It didn't really matter. And the success was just unbelievable. Yeah. And that's where the exploratory really paid off.
0: Well, Pat, it sounds to me very much like what you're talking about goes to an issue that I think it's always been important, but I think it's really becoming more widely recognized across companies, not just in sales organizations, but it's the growth mindset. Mm-hmm. So nature of function or some other function, uh, you know, do you want to sit and wait to be asked, fill this, fill that? Or what you're talking about is have a, a whole different outlook. Exactly. That radiates across everything that happens there. And yeah. you're helping people do this. You're right. helping people build the capabilities
1: to work yeah. this way and think this way. Yeah. And 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 I don't you're not necessarily suggesting that they change everything, right? What they what we're suggesting is they enhance what they do. They add this as a whole nother option. Again, talent acquisition today doesn't mean talent attraction.
0: Right. Right.
1: And so that means you're going out, you're talking to in the marketplace, you're 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 learning who the next rising star is. Right. Who's the next Jen Morgan? Right. That sort of thing. And who's the person that actually has those skill sets, you know, the, the drive, the horsepower, the intellect, the EQ, all of the dynamics that makes a fantastic leader. And then you put them in a role, you give them a right mentor, you give them the right learning programs. And now you're scaling them well faster and well beyond the role that you thought you needed yeah. because you're looking at what's that growth initiative for next year.
0: And you become more of a player in the organization about the, the organization that has to think differently, right. uh, You know, plan on this growth, plan on this innovation, not just yeah. let it happen, or to consider that well, I'm part of a back office function, it's right. not my job, not my responsibility right. to get out and, and make this right. go. Pat, I, I think that's a, a very powerful message for 2024. And um, uh, please be sure to, you know, uh, I want to be sure that we mentioned this. So if somebody's
1: interested, how, what's the best way to reach you? Uh, the easiest way for us is my, my email is pat, P-A-T at careerav, dot com, or go to our website, careerav.com. Yeah. And you'll be able to reach out to me. Um, we're now seeing clients that are, that are starting to recognize and you know lean into this opportunity and i think you know again for the right company i'm not saying for all companies but for the right company and for the right scale whether you're a company that's acquiring you know new lines of business or you know your current lines of business need to double or triple over the next year or two you know you've got to make sure that you got the right player that can actually scale to those levels versus changing out that leader every 12 months because that internal disruption of those changes are detrimental to the, frankly, the team underneath.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those places where I say, well, we've been very efficient. We've been able to fill that position every year. Well, yeah. okay. But if we think beyond that, do you right. want to be filling the position every year?
1: Well, think about what it does to the people below it you know and then the new person comes in and granted they might be talented but they have different opinions they have different ways of doing things it constantly disrupts the leader you know the leadership team the management team and the and the individual contributors underneath it and it and i think it diminishes the growth potential within those teams also if you've got a leader that you bring in and know you anticipate that person to be able to scale into the double digit you know even triple-digit growth that you might have over the next two to three years, and that person stays in the role, the rising tide lifts everybody with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pat, what you were mentioning, I think of the people who work for that uh, manager leader that's being replaced every year. And uh, it's not entirely, you know, uh, fitting, but uh, it just reminds me of that t-shirt I've seen a couple of times the beatings will continue until morale improves. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, just keep trying and, you know, maybe one of these years it'll work. No. Yep.
1: Um, but but I think the part that's important is, is that you can do this all the time, but there are certain times in the marketplace, down soft markets like we're in yeah. today, that this could be, a, you know, a complete deal changer for yeah. your company, for your, you know, your leadership team and more importantly for your subordinates. I mean, if, you know, if you've got a team underneath this person and, and all of a sudden they bring someone in that has a recognition and a, and a you know, and a, and a reputation in the market yeah. of being, you know, a, a, a very successful executive, that whole team, you know, frankly, pride, you know, the pride rises with it and that scale actually, you know, becomes a, an important part of the growth for that company.
0: Pat before we go, just a couple terms here. I want to be sure that uh, that everybody sort of gets this the way you're talking about it. So talent acquisition that's always been around, and that's like, hey, we have an opening. Can you find somebody to plug into that spot? You're talking about an active, you know, very different sort of thing, talent right. attraction. Go right. get them, go hunting, yep. even for
1: people who say I'm not looking. Yeah. And go hunting in the market. What The best thing a company, I feel, uh, you know, a high growth or, or frankly strong company that's going to grow that can do is know their competition. They should have a recruiter in their business that actually is out in the marketplace and knows who the high flyers are within the competitors. Whether you can attract them or not, you still want to be able to talk to them, right? I mean, over the years, I talked to executives and some of them that know me that might watch this will laugh because I chased a, a, a woman for four years, you know? and I don't mean that negatively. I chased this hugely talented female executive at a, at a competitor for four years until we finally were able to connect and She came in and she became, uh, you know, just a a huge success within our line of business. And to this day, you know, we still talk. She Uh and I do about the fun that it was and how she said to me, no. Right. I mean, I flew to Singapore and I met, you know, a senior executive, you know, that wouldn't even have lunch with me four times. I said, just have lunch with me. Just have lunch with me. No, 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 no. And finally she had lunch with me and this was another one where you know persistence paid off i flew to singapore a lot of times just to meet this woman and then ultimately we were able to hire her and if you look at her experience she became a board member at sap
0: uh-huh
1: so fantastic it's 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 having the right mindset as a you know a recruiter i'm not saying the whole recruiting function needs to have this mindset i'm saying you have to have a balance right yeah. you can still be you know talent acquisition and be you know kind of reactive But you also can have a proactive arm of it, like you said, that's actually out there in the marketplace. That's actually coming back to you, the leadership team of your company, saying, hey, you know, Sally is, you know, is one of the best players. John's one of the best players. We need to keep our eye on that person. Uh, One of the things that we used to do when I ran talent acquisition is we would say to our VPs of sales, if you're in a competition with another competitor and that account rep is beating you, tell my recruiter their name Uh and my recruiter will go out and recruit them in the middle of the deal. (laughs) All's fair and love and war, right, Bob? (laughs) It's about market intelligence. And even though we might not be able to hire them during that process, we knew who they were. We knew they were capable of, you know, of, of frankly being strong and we disrupted a little bit by confusing things by you know by by pursuing them during a deal it sounds like a great plan pat it sounds like a great plan so as you said it's a proactive approach to you know a function that is i and i know you know this you said it earlier strong talent acquisition is the essential growth initiative for any company yeah hiring the right talent that actually has um um, you know, the scale and the culture fit and the diversity of thought into your company will change, frankly, the the outcome of that line of business or even the entire company, depending upon the seniority of that person.
0: Yeah. And I think, Pat, that's where You know, if if you re- if somebody really believes, you know, that the uh, war for talent and our need for talent is the most important issue right now then don't just say it do something about it and i think you've given people some very good ideas on which to act and perhaps to contact you about and see if there might be some ways you could help
1: thanks bob i appreciate that yeah i would would love to be able to help uh, we are talking to a few new clients in the next couple of weeks about this exact you know program um It's not a difficult one with us. You know, we we go on retainer and we work with you, you know, and your talent acquisition, your HR leadership. We we actually integrate within the existing structure. We don't we're not separate and we go in and we actually, you know, in many cases, we actually go in and we'll we'll do the activity ourselves. But then we'll teach one of the potential recruiters or talent leaders that you might have to actually replace us in time. Uh And it frankly becomes, you know, a whole lift you know, opportunity within the company itself. Cool.
0: Pat, it sounds like a, a very good set of ideas. And again, to the word I've used there a couple times, a mindset to develop here for 2024 and exactly. growth and excellence and alignment with business goals and where the big opportunities are. So thanks for sharing that, Pat.
1: Thanks, Bob, for allowing me to. I really appreciate it. All right, sir. Uh,
0: and Folks, thanks to you for being with us here on Cloud Wars Live. We've been talking with Pat Fitzgerald, co-founder of CareerAv and an expert in the field of talent attraction, not just talent acquisition. We'll see you next time. Thanks, Bob.